James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. It is hump day. We are at Wednesday. We are quickly, my friends, going through the holiday season, you and I together. If you want to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800 848 9222 848-WABC So much to discuss. Lots going on in Washington, D.C. Lots going on all over the country and the world. Uh, we will be joined uh, before the bottom of the hour by WABC News Director Lydia Serrani. And you heard Rudy talking about George Soros. WABC um, our news team has done an investigative report on the number of record murders that are occurring in cities because of the George Soros effect. We're going to spend a few minutes talking about that as well. Uh, Lydia Lydia and I will join us to uh, discuss our investigative piece, the 77 WABC investigative piece on this. Uh, Princess Di and I spoke about this over the weekend. This is... You know, this crime issue, every day there's a new stories on it. There are other smash-and-grab stories today in the news. Uh, this crime wave that is sweeping across America in many ways is unprecedented because of the way that these crime waves are being organized on social media with these gangs of thieves that are just showing up to locations and robbing them and, in some case, causing violence and doing it violently. So... Yes, we'll talk about that. There is a lot of news coming out of Washington, D.C., as I said today. There's a story from CBS, the last uh, child tax credit check is set to go out. That could push millions of kids into poverty. CBS says that millions of Americans have weathered the COVID-19 pandemic with the help of direct cash payments from the United States government via the stimulus checks extra unemployment benefits, and the expanded child tax credit. But that last financial buffer may come to an end on December 15th when the IRS sends out the sixth and potentially last child tax credit check to parents. Now, this is this is a, a credit that gives direct cash, $300 a month to families for each eligible child, each one. The bigger the family, the more loot from the government. And in some cases, uh, the families of four with four kids, just go do the math, $1,200 cash, checks. Well, that's running out of money, the federal assistance program, and let's see where that all ends. But you know what else is pushing kids into poverty? How about this, CBS? How about the record inflation, where parents are paying more, for everything that they need for their household. Why don't, why aren't you just as concerned about that? There are multiple articles in the mainstream press today and all over the press about Joe Manchin because Joe Manchin, it appears, is the one standing in the way of the Democrats getting what they want with the Build Back Better Welfare Program, which is more welfare than any other time in American history. Democrats, you know, have voted to raise the debt ceiling in this country by they did not they did not raise the debt ceiling to the number they raised it by 2.5 trillion in other words 
$2.5 trillion above what we're already spending and in debt. So the debt ceiling in America, get this, the debt ceiling is now $31.5 trillion, $31 trillion, $31 trillion, $31.5 trillion. And I'd like to know how this debt is going to be repaid and by who and when. It is monopoly money, in my view. It is not a real debt ceiling. And the fact that there's no plan to pay this money back by the federal government means that sometime in the future, America is going to be called into account. This is financially ruinous. Well, why didn't you complain about the spending when Trump was in office? Because Donald Trump was spending the money to do good things for America, like get control of our borders, which will result in a more prosperous country. Right now we have open borders. Right now we have people pouring in and being shipped all over the country. We don't know where they're coming from. They have not been vetted, and we don't know how much they're going to cost the country. Donald Trump also reduced the number, and it was a stack of papers that ran from floor to ceiling. If you looked at the physical number of of regulations that Donald Trump cut, to make it easier for businesses in America to actually conduct business. And that's just two of the things he did. The trade war with China was certainly impactful in a positive way for America's economy, even though it got very little mention in the press and very little praise earned for the president for that courageous move, President Trump back then. Elizabeth Warren has announced that she is supporting a measure in the Senate that will be introduced in the Senate to increase the number of people on our United States Supreme Court by four. She says she didn't come to the conclusion lightly or because she disagreed with a particular decision. She thinks that the current court threatens the democratic foundations of the nation. What utter rubbish. As long as liberals are getting their way, they don't worry about the Democrat foundations of anything. The moment it looks like their liberalism is at stake on the court, now all of a sudden, here we go, let's pack the court with a bunch of liberals so liberals can always win. They don't believe in democracy. They don't believe that they should ever take the losing side in an argument. They have a unilateral view of the world, their way or the highway. If we don't get the highway, we'll pack the court, we'll do whatever else is necessary in order to secure victory. And Elizabeth Warren is fooling nobody with this. I mentioned uh, Joe Manchin. There are a lot of articles about Manchin today. I could go through the headlines, if you'd like. Washington Post, one year of President Manchin. For the Democrat agenda, all roads go through West Virginia. And yes, this is exactly what it is. It's an article pretty much propping up in their view that Manchin is more powerful than Joe Biden. He holds the keys to the kingdom for the Democrats. And what is the purpose of this article? The purpose of this article is simply to put pressure on Joe Manchin to go along with the big spending plans of Joe Biden and his Democrat party. Democrats, $2 trillion spending plan in political peril as talks between Biden and Manchin appear to hit snag. 
That was the latest. And the sticking points, according to the Washington Post, are the fate of the child tax credit. We just talked about that. Last check is due to roll out on December 15th. And um, that seems to be in contention, though, because Joe Manchin yelled at a reporter from HuffPo, the HuffPo politics. Arthur Delaney was the reporter, and he yelled, this is bull bleep, your bull bleep, at Arthur Delaney, a reporter for HuffPo politics who asked him to confirm the reports that the child tax credit has become a major sticking point with the Biden White House. And Manchin pretty much said, you guys don't know what you're talking about, that he's for the tax credit. This is not an area that he and Biden are experiencing difficulty with. That's false reporting. In other words, fake news. We shall see. But there's an article in The Hill, Democrats divided over how hard to push Joe Manchin. Uh, Chuck Schumer has said for weeks he wants to vote on Biden's Build Back Better Welfare, Build Back More Welfare for Eternity before Christmas. But Chuck Schumer is not guaranteeing that there's going to be a vote before Christmas. The bottom line is that um, Joe Manchin and the president are still talking. And Joe Manchin holds the key. So... Democrats don't know whether they should just go on open attack or not. Well, what is the issue? According to the Associated Press, Manchin is still hitting out or or projecting the message that the Democrats' $2 trillion bill is too costly. There are going to have to be some cuts. And Manchin seems positive. He says anything's possible that he believes that there may be a deal between he and Joe Biden before the holiday recess. If, if, if the Senate takes a holiday recess, many of you who follow politics closely will remember that during Obama's first year, this is the time that they stuck Obamacare and shoved it down the throat of America that didn't want it with just Democrat votes, and they did it during the Christmas holiday break when everyone else was busy with their families and busy attending the thing, the Democrats finagled their way into shoving that monstrosity down America with the promise that it was going to reduce the cost of premiums. If you could keep your doctor, you could keep your doctor. If you liked your doctor, you could keep your health care. If you liked your health care, and all of those other assorted lies, and that's what they were, they all turned out to be lies, Obamacare, as the critics said it would be, turned out to be one of the most biggest financial boondoggles in American history. It has cost so much more money than was projected already, and it has not delivered what they said it would deliver. And yet Democrats will fight tooth and nail to defend it like they do every other big spending program that ends up costing more than they project, that ends up doing harm to America They don't care. They will continue to shove this build back better welfare for eternity bill through if they have a chance. Now, as I said, there is at the onset of the program, there is a story today 
on the WABC, 77 WABC website, wabcradio.com, a news story that those of you who do follow politics need to see, and those who archive politics in your own mind, you need to read this so you can archive the reporting in your own mind. The headline, 77 WABC investigative report, cities will set murder records because of Soros effect. When we come back, news director, WABC, Lydia Saramai joins us. She's going to fill us in on the story. Don't you go away. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, back with you after this. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77 New York City Crown Jewel of American Radio at Christmas time in New York Take six brings us back. James Golden with you. Within a few minutes, we'll have ABC, WABC's news director, Lydia Serrani, with us. I mentioned at the uh, top of the at the top of the hour monologue that there's a lot of debate going on in the child care programs. Now, Democrats are not the only ones that are fighting. They're fighting with Joe Manchin, but Republicans are also in on this. And I want you to just listen to something. Um, the Republicans are saying that the regulations in this $2 trillion boondoggle, this Build Back Better Welfare for Eternity bill that the Democrats are, are posing up, will have serious unintended consequences. It will create a toddler tax. Because of all of the new regulations that child care providers will have to deal with. And Nancy Pelosi addressed that. And she said that it's going to lower cost, lower the cost of health care and lower the cost of education. You remember the last Democrat that stood before us and wagged that finger in our face and promised us to lower health care costs? That was Barack Hussein Obama, and it did not happen. Lydia, Lydia Serrano is with us. Welcome. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing well, Bo. How are you? I'm doing great. You have an investigative piece. You led an investigative piece here on the cities, and you say they are going to set murder records because of the Soros effect. Please advise and inform our listeners as to what is in this and where they can go on our website to find it. 
Well, it's right there on the front page of our website, WABCRadio.com. It's called 77 WABC Investigative Report. Cities will set murder records because of the Soros effect. Now, George Soros is a billionaire nine times over, and he's insidious. He's He's evil for, for whatever reason. He wants to undermine our democracy. And what he's been doing is funding district attorneys, circumventing the justice system. And the way he's doing that is giving them the money to the district attorneys, getting them elected in office, and they're not prosecuting any of these criminals. We saw what happened in Waukesha, Wisconsin. That guy should have never been out. Daryl Brooks, he was a registered sex offender. He'd been arrested just 21 days prior for allegedly running over over the mother of his child using the same car that he mowed down 60 people and his bail bow was only a thousand dollars this guy should have never been out and the da was a soros guy and we found that it's not just 12 cities it's actually 15 cities and one city shreveport louisiana they saw their murder rate in just one year go up almost 80 percent this is incredible Now, what are these district attorneys saying for themselves? In some cases, by the way, in San Francisco, members in San Francisco, the prosecutor's office out there was already one of the most liberal prosecutor's offices in the country. But it got too much for even them. Members of that staff resigned in protest for the lack of prosecution that was going on out of the offices in San Francisco. Are any of these prosecutors defending their actions? No, of course. They they say they have their using their prosecutorial discretion. I I mean, it's incredible to me, Bo, that we have district attorneys who are sworn to uphold the law, and they're picking and choosing what laws they want to uphold. You see now what's going on in San Francisco. Now they want to refund the police. And in other cities where this whole defund the police movement, which is the, the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life, they're now seeing the side effects of this insanity. And now they want to bring back all the police. But we have district attorneys. What's the point of having all these police if by the time the cop, uh, the cop, they're out already on the streets before the cop can even finish his paperwork? Our former, uh, one of the former commissioners, New York City Police Commissioners, Ray Kelly, said, and this is in the, your article, in the article, that George Soros is a major cause for the systematic decline of American law enforcement. The mindset of his DAs, that criminals are victims, is what contributes to all of this. How does this happen that criminals have become the victims and those victimized by the crime are just what? Nothing. They have no no stake in the game. They have no stake in the game. And we are not helping these criminals. A lot of these criminals, they're high on drugs. They have mental illness issues. Sometimes they have to be arrested for their own good to get through the system, to get the help that they need. We're doing them a disservice as well. I know that sounds kind of crazy that prison can actually be good for some people. And a lot of times these guys that or women that get arrested, they have a choice. You either go to jail or you go to drug treatment. You need to get mental help and, and so forth, so on and so forth. By just cutting people loose, you're actually doing 
those criminals a disservice, never mind what's going on to so many inner city communities. We had a woman on Cats at Night, which is coming up in just a little bit at five o'clock, Mona Davids. She is uh, the founder and president of a group of parents, mostly made up of black and Latino mothers who have kids in the inner city and they're begging for the bail reform here in New York City to be reformed. They, 30, 30 teenagers alone in New York City in the last year have been killed. And what percentage of them were people of color? All of them. All of them, Bo. So the very people that these regressives, notice I don't say progressives, these the very people these regressives are claiming to protect with these lax laws and this turnstile type of justice are the very people that are being harmed. They're being destroyed by by the, by these stu- by these stupid laws by the, the it's it's insane from 2019 to 2020 america experienced a record 30 percent increase in homicide one year now jen Psaki has said that this is all due to covid this is all uh, covid is responsible for these increases in murder i don't know how you get from having a pandemic to have that pandemic that keeps everyone inside pretty much to have a pandemic um, suddenly be responsible for a 30% increase in homicides. Of course, they have to blame something. They don't want to look at themselves in the mirror as to what the real cause of it is. Of course, a pandemic played a part in it. Of course, the economy and all these, but a lot of their divisive policies have also played a, a part in this. And, you know, they also want to use the other excuse that it's racism. They're saying, oh, looting's racist. You can't say they're looting. And then you have AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She says, oh, they're stealing bread. It's just, and then what is that? The breed They're stealing bread from a Louis Vuitton uh, shop. They're stealing bread from Rodeo Drive jewelry shops. They're stealing bread as they knock off Home Depots and Lowe's stores uh, as they... uh, how do you get that? They're stealing bread. They're stealing valuable goods because they know they're not going to be prosecuted unless it goes above $900 in some cases, in other, in other cities, $800. In other cases, over $1,000. Right. In, in uh, California, you can steal up to $949 and you're, you're home free. You can just walk out. Here in New York City, you'll see guys out on the street with their big bags. They have all the toiletries from the Dwayne Reed or the CVS. And they're like, hey, three for five bucks because they're just literally going into the store loading up their big garbage bags and then walking out and a block away selling the stuff for a a fraction of the price. This is what's going on. And then you've got people in Congress, like Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, who's been pushing for, it's called the Breathe Act in honor of George Floyd. It's it's none none of that. She actually wants to empty the prisons in 10 years. She wants all prisons to be empty in 10 years so they can be rehabilitated. This is what they want to do. They want they want anarchy. They want complete chaos. And George Soros, he's all a part of this. Why the guy is not, you know, they should revoke his citizenship at this point. He is undermine, undermining the very fabric, the, our democracy, everything that this country was built on. We deserve to be safe. Lydia, again, people can go to WABCRadio.com. It's right there on the front page. This is one that everybody should post to social media, that everybody should get the word out to as many people, friends, relatives, all around the country as what is going on, why we are experiencing this crime wave. 
Absolutely. And what his motive is, we still don't exactly know. I mean, this guy's a a billionaire nine times over. So he profited on the very, this is what this country was founded upon, right? You come here, you have that American dream, you work hard, you make your money, and he's trying to destroy all of that little by little. And it's, we, we have to stop it. And the way we're stopping it is what you're doing, Bo, what John Katzmitzides does is speaking the truth. And you can also weigh in on our question of the day. It's also right there at wabcradio.com. Great work, Lydia. Thank you. And please keep this going. Thank you, sir. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, and we are coming back. Your phone calls coming up to 848-WABC. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. One of my favorite Christmas songs of all time. This is Roberta Flack. Twenty fifth of last December. Plenty reason to Joe Biden should not run again, and he should say it. That's the New York Times today. Columnist in the New York Times, it's a good idea for Joe Biden to run in 2024? (laughs) No. And look, this is about something that Republicans have been talking about, but Democrats don't want to. And that is Joe Biden's age and health. Now, I'm not an ageist. I think as long as someone can serve, they should serve. Age shouldn't matter. But Joe Biden, it seems, is often cognizant, but uh, he's alarmingly incoherent. And people are questioning why. Now those questions are not just coming from Republican Party pundits. They're also coming from the Democrat side of the aisle. Hey, Joe, it's looking bad for you out there. You shouldn't run again. That in the old gray lady, the New York Times today. By the way, there are still panic attacks happening on the left because they believe that Roe v. Wade is in serious, serious jeopardy. Can't get to all of those stories today. Hopefully Saturday I can go through some of them. But this is really going to be a season of angst for the pro-abortion community. There is an article today in the Washington Post that prints up to 22 pages. Again, won't have time to go through it all. This article deals with the striking race gap in corporate America. The subheadline says a small faction of top executives are black, and the people tapped to fix it often struggle to boost inclusion. And in the article, 
the Washington Post goes through a lot of corporations to figure out if they've got black employees and where. Most of them that do have black employees have them in the HR department. It's like if you have a diversity office, okay, pick a black person, put them in the diversity office. They go through all kind of companies from AT&T, Abbott, Adobe, Google, Amazon, Apple, Bank of America, Berkshire Hathaway, Broadcom, Chevron, Cisco, Coke, Comcast, Costco, Disney, ExxonMobil, Home Depot, Honeywell, MasterCard, McDonald's, Merck, Facebook, Meta. And it keeps going on and on. But you know what company's not in there? The Washington Post. So I went and I looked at the Washington Post. I Googled the Washington Post newsroom leadership team. And you know what I found? I found one black face. Now, to be fair, not everybody listed had a picture. So we don't, I don't know. Maybe there are some others. But the overwhelming majority of employees that I found on the leadership team over at the Washington Post, guess what? I only, I only saw a small fraction of top executives that were black, just one at the Washington Post while they're writing this article about the striking race gap in corporate America. Maybe somebody from the Post should go look at the Post and ask the Post, where are the black folks? Time to go to the phones. Good afternoon, Rich. How are you and where are we going? Well, good afternoon, James. How are you today? Good, thank you. All right, let us begin in Staten Island and say hi to John. Welcome, John, WABC Talk Radio 77. What's up? Mr. Golan, uh, my question is, they just turned over, oh, no, I'm sorry, the uh, Supreme Court did not look at the health care worker mandate. I mean, it's, like, funny that they just don't bring it up that should be talked about if we're fighting to make our decisions on vaccines. And uh, it was, like, two times in the morning. Nobody's saying nothing now. I understand. I think the the vaccine is still, those cases are still working their way through appellate courts. And Joe Biden, by the way, has been losing. This administration has been losing left and right in the appellate courts. But eventually, the cases, these cases will work their way up to the Supreme Court if there is significant disagreement. I think it's just a matter of time. And I think that they didn't, look, nobody asked the Supreme Court to fast-track the case. So it's working its way through the system. And I do believe that if the Biden administration gets enough of these rulings, that they will be forced to either ask the Supreme Court to fast-track it, or it will come up in the court probably in the next one or two terms. Thanks for the call, John. I appreciate it. Where are you going next, Rich? Where do we go? We're going to go to Massapequa and say hi to Vinny. Vinny, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. What's on your mind, Vinny? Yeah, Mr. Golden. Um, Lydia in her report ended with a question about George Soros' motivation. And uh, I have an idea. Unless I'm mistaken, he made his billions by betting on the collapse of the uh, British pound sterling, uh, you know, a couple of decades ago or a decade ago. <coughs> Why might not his motivation be... The same thing, money. Maybe he decided that funding these kind of things in the United States will lead to the collapse of our system and the collapse of our currency, 
where he might, you know, I'm not an arbitrage guy, maybe he has bets on the collapse of the United States dollar. That could be a motivation. And very well could be. I don't know. And you're right. I don't know. One thing I think is clear. You know, we have an FBI that can manage to track down every single person, it seems, that was at the January 6th, um, what they call the insurrection, the riots at the Capitol. We have an FBI and DOJ that can call the parents of uh, American school children domestic terrorists if they dare go to a school board meeting and question the extreme radical thinking that's going on in some of these circles. But yet we have this man, George Soros, who openly is donating money that is in turn creating policies that are harming this country. And yet, as a foreign national, we have no one in the mainstream press, apparently, and nobody in the in the powers of government, apparently, that are interested in finding out exactly what is motivation. At the very least, even if the DOJ can't get involved at this stage, at the very least, there should be congressional hearings as to the effects that these criminal reforms have caused. We have record murder rates. Lydia, in, in the report today from WABC, it's the number of cities now has increased where these Soros elections, these Soros-funded victories have resulted in policies that have resulted in higher, record-high murder rates. Our Congress needs to be taking a look at this, at the very least. One might also suggest that the DOJ should be trying to find out what is his motivation here. And is he doing everything by the books legally? Eh, Just a thought. WABC Talk Radio 77. We are coming back. More telephone calls, more of you, more news right after this. Don't go away. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirgley, is on the air. 77 WABC. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Don we now our gay apparel. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Troll the ancient yuletide carol. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Yeah, that's right. Don your gay apparel. Uh, we have a new com- police commissioner in New York, uh, Mayor-elect Eric Adams, named Keychant Sewell. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, and if I'm not, no disrespect intended. Sewell, a Long Island police official. As our very next police commissioner in New York, she becomes uh, the first woman to lead the largest police force in the country. Right now, she's with Nassau County. She's with the uh, she's the police chief of detectives, and she'll be the third black police commissioner in New York. Not to me that that makes a difference. She, Miss Soul, says that she's going to be laser focused on violent crime with a particular emphasis on gun crimes. I would say an emphasis on crime would be just what is needed here. So we shall see. And I wish her well. I think we all wish her well. But we all should demand accountability. And let's see whether Eric Adams is going to do what he said he would do 
which is to bring this criminal scourge to a halt. Now, I just want to remind you of something. Curtis Sliwa was so gracious. Our own Curtis Sliwa was so gracious when um, when the election took place. And one of the things after that election that he promised to do, he promised that he would support Mayor Adams, Mayor-elect Adams, and that this was a time for New York to come together. And I do believe that that is true, folks. We should lead the way, and we should encourage the new mayor of New York and our new police commissioner to help bring back safety. We know it's possible because Mayor Rudy Giuliani showed us how to make a city safe again when it was in desperate straits of lawlessness. We've been here before, and there is a way out. Okay, back to the phones. Where do we go, Rich? Let's go to Westchester and say hi to Rick. Rick, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. What's on your mind? No, I got uh, SARS on my mind because of campaign finance laws. I, I don't understand what's up with that. You know, how can one guy put millions of dollars into one campaign for one candidate, even with those PAC uh, type of, uh, you know, um, type of... Um, Donations, because certain packs have unlimited. Look, certain packs can donate, and you can donate unlimited amounts of money to certain packs. That's why, and then they can press for issues. The issues that 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 candidate supports, they can run ads for. Now they are not allowed to coordinate with the campaigns, but this all goes back to the uh, Citizens United case, which okay. which says that that political contributions equal free speech. Now, liberals had a cow about that, but I don't. Look, here's the other part. People want to know why so much money can be sent. Look at the damage. Look what Governor Cuomo did to this city. Look what he did to business people all across the city who worked their entire lives to open up a business and run a business This man with zero experience running anything in the private sector shut these businesses down and left so many people high and dry. Look what happened to landlords all across, not just New York, but across America. Their investments, because Democrats don't like landlords, no one cared the losses that they suffered. People have to be able to spend money in the political process Four candidates that support their point of view. It's that simple. Otherwise, you're going to get run over by liberals at every step. So I hear your question, and I know it's coming from an honest and good place. But we really do have to think about what would happen if the money were out of politics. It would be a lot more dangerous for conservatives than so much money being in politics. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. Where do we go next, Rich? All right. As Bob Grant used to say, Piscataway is that away. Let's say hi to Pete. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Good. Um, hey, listen, I, I wanted to talk about term limits, but can I take a rain check on that and, and, and talk about the one world order? No. I don't talk one world order stuff because that stuff is kook based, and I don't do kook based calls. Let's stick with term limits. 
okay, term limits. All right. You know what? There should be term limits because you just had the answer with the last uh, caller. They, they're spending too much money. The guys who have the money win. So there should be term limits on their money. Second, the five or seven years ago, they um, had a poll on the Senate and the government, and their rating was 17% or 13%. Three, after Clinton left, it was $5 trillion the debt. After Bush left, it was $10 trillion. After Obama left, it was $19 trillion. After uh, uh, Trump left, it was $29 trillion. Now we're up to $31 trillion. And the last thing is, during the... Um, a debate, Marco Rubio with Trump, Marco in 2016, Marco Rubio said, uh, uh, Washington is broken. If you let, elect me, I'll go to Washington and I'll fix it because it's broken. But if you don't elect me, I'm not going to Washington. Guess where Rubio is? It's in Washington. I like Marco Rubio. Okay, by the way, Pete, Pete Piscataway, that way we already have term limits. It's called Election Day. That's it. We have term limits. If you think somebody should be termed out, work for their defeat. When you defeat them, they've been term limited. Thank you for the call, Pete. Very informative. Appreciate it. Where do we go next, Rich? We're going over to Central Jersey and say hi to Steve. Welcome, Steve. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. What's on your mind? Hello, Mr. Bo James. Thanks for taking my call. Get right to the point. I want to commend Ms. Serrano there and ABC being the first media outlet that I can recall, finally establishing a connection between George Soros and the radical left, now running the Democratic Party into the ground. This is my comment. I think there's a journalistic career to be made by a reporter brave enough with a spine to go trace the funding for those caravans that have come up from Central America. And it hasn't been just been during the Biden administration. They did it starting in the summer of 2018 in advance of the 2018 Midterm. So there. And now I, you didn't ask me, Mr. Bo James. It's okay. What I, I got today for the second day. This is a plug for you. The Daily BS Alert. The Daily Bo Snurdly Alert. Congratulations. I'm glad to have it. Thank you. We are testing a new daily newsletter. Thank you. I see you got it already. JamesGolden.com. You can drop your email address there, and I'll have other uh, other ev- other information on that as we move through. It's in the test phase right now. Uh, thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate that. WABC Talk Radio 77, where are we going next, Rich? We are going to go to Mount Kisco and speak with Daniel. Daniel, welcome. WABC James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. What's on your mind? Yeah, James, listen, uh, enough for nothing. Uh, <clears throat> I innocently ran into a person who's a former uh, official of the town of Bedford where Soros lives. And um, he gave me evidence, uh, he told me experiences he's had, he, he, he knows about Soros, uh, about sexual deviance, he's a voyeur. Okay, let me stop you there. This is stuff that I cannot corroborate on the air. These are the kind of allegations that are very serious, and I am not going to take part in any discussion of that unless they can be corroborated. I'm not saying they're not true, I'm not saying they are true. It's just I don't have the wherewithal to vet that kind of call for accuracy or not. And so I would rather not engage in that kind of discussion. Let's stick to the facts that we know that can be proven, that can be vetted and have cooperation. I do appreciate the call, though. Thanks so much. Where are we going next? Nowhere, well, because time is out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, folks, if you didn't get on today, we've got tomorrow. 
Okay, so let's continue this discussion. This is an important discussion. Listen, James Golden here with you six days a week. And I'll be here on Saturday morning. We have a longer discussion on Saturday about lots of stuff, too. So we are Pennsylvania. We are New Jersey. We are Connecticut. We are New York. We are New York Strong. New York City. Winter Wonderland. Best, most wonderful city in the world. America. The best nation humanity has ever witnessed. God bless and protect you and your families. See you tomorrow. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.